Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Moments ago, the Australian Open women's title was decided and it has gone to Naomi Osaka in a thrilling final, following a thrilling final of three sets, 7-6-5-7-6-4 over Petra Kvitova. Um, and that does not do it justice because of the ups and downs and the feelings and the emotions and the stress and the brilliant shot making that we've just witnessed. And here on the Tennis Podcast, myself, David Law, Catherine Whittaker, hello. 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 Uh, Grad Matt, how are you? Hello, very well, thank well, you. We, I think we're, we're uplifted. I am. What are you? Well, I'm in a, a slightly unfortunate state of speechlessness from a, from a podcast perspective. Yeah, I saw a tweet like that from Grad Matt earlier, and I was thinking, <laughs> how's this going to work on the pod? Yeah, well, that, it just blew me away, the whole match. Yeah. It, was, it was just one of those evenings, wasn't it? The sky was immense, and the tennis just sort of matched it it was just the perfect evening if you'd like to see the immenseness of it the sky uh, go to our instagram page where <laughs> Catherine whittaker is shown taking a selfie uh, of it's all said, a bit meta it's yeah. someone taking a picture of me taking a yeah. picture but it kind of kind of sums it up um yeah it was an incredible night's entertainment and sport um and it 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 really is hard to to feel completely good about the, the the person that has won it simply because it means that one of them is feeling miserable right now and that's Petra Gavitova. Um as, as a match itself one thing I'd forgotten and I'm going to just get this in early because that's why I lost uh, my prediction which I said would be straight sets for Petra Gavitova. I completely forgot how good Naomi Osaka is at getting behind a tennis ball uh, I think partly because of uh, since she started working with Sasha Bayan I feel that's that's one of the things that he seems to have got her doing the ability to just get in behind a ball no matter how hard it is struck and be able to absorb it do you mean movement yeah the movement um and and also she she gets low to the ground she you never feel like she dials it in she never dials a point in just kind of 
puts a racket out there. You know, she's she's trying to get her feet in position so she's behind the ball, no matter where it is on the court, and she, and, and so that she can properly deal with it. It's full commitment all the time. Yeah, and she makes it look like time is sort of suspended. Like she just, Andy Murray is, does that sometimes, or used to do that. Um, makes it look like they just time's a bit slower at their end of yeah. the court than it is at the opponent's but I never really thought you know when I remember when you you alerted me to Naomi Osaka before I ever saw her I think I think you were at an event or you saw her play and you just waxed on about how good she was and what we'd got in our midst here probably two or three years ago I think it was when she won the Singapore Rising Stars they used to do a not sure they still do it or whether Shenzhen will continue to do it alongside the WTA finals they used to do a, a Rising Stars event for for I think it was under 20s but she was she was 18 at most then and uh, she, she won that event and I think that was where I saw her because I was there that year and I saw her up close yeah um, and but I, I've then since seen her a few times and just been taken by her serve and the power of her ground strokes it's only in the last six months that I've... I don't know whether it's new or whether it's only just it's me who hadn't noticed it before, the way she commits in rallies now and how hard she is to beat. And that explains, I would have thought, how she managed to mount those comebacks that she had earlier in this tournament and then suddenly playing a brilliant match against Pliskova. But, you know, this was Kvitova playing well and she still didn't win. How often does that happen? Yeah, I mean... Naomi Osaka is so much more than just a clean hitter of the tennis ball. She, as you said, the movement, her ability to sense a moment and to rise to it, and it's it's those abilities which have taken her to this next level. You know, she was she was already a good player, but in the last six months, she has become just an absolute superstar, an absolute force in this game. Who you just you just sort of expect to deliver in these big moments and that's why for me that the way that second set term was so shocking so unbelievable because I, I just did not see that wobble coming so how much of that wobble was her and how much of it was Kvitova I think it was a bit of both I think the analogy I like to use is a tennis player is kind of pushing a ball up a hill and they have to get the ball right to the top of the hill as much as they can and keep it there but if they just lose it, it falls down the other end of the hill. And that's a little bit what happened with Osaka. Games started slightly to just run away from her, I thought. And the errors came a little bit. But at the same time, Petra Kvitova did so well to hold from Love 40 down and took, the, took it to Osaka. And Osaka felt that pressure, I think, coming from the other end of the court. So, and there was, a th- I think there was a double fault in there from Osaka. So it was, it was definitely a combination of the two, as it often is, I think, when there's such a huge disparity in the number of games in such a short period of time. Yeah, it's that interaction between the, the is that perfect interaction of the mental and the physical and the skillful, right? You don't know where one thing ends and, and the other begins. And there's no doubt something mental happened to Naomi Osaka. Um, you know, she went off court at the end of that set and she came back. She has that she has that big tell where she, like a little... It's so childlike the way she sort of squishes her visor and pulls it down over her eyes as if, like, oh, maybe you all can't see that I'm upset if I do that. <laughs> um, and it's Which just, she did in the US Open final presentation, yeah, didn't she? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, yeah, so there's no doubt she was feeling it. But the... 
And she does have this sort of... I hate the word sulky because it... Uh, it's it's sort of it's a bit like bossy really it's quite gendered isn't it but she does sometimes have this slightly sulky looking face on on the court and she you know that that loss to Alicia Serenko in the semi-final in Brisbane I'm not sure she would have come through tonight if it hadn't been for that loss and the way she reflected upon it so quickly and with such visceral honesty and self-awareness and clearly learnt from it I mean Sasha Bayan that I spoke to yesterday I mean yesterday he talks a lot about her ability to learn from things but to learn from something that big in the space of three weeks while a Grand Slam tournament is happening blimey amazing yeah amazing Uh, and I feel like her attitude tonight and throughout this fortnight is as perfect as you could get, really, for, for, particularly for a young player who hasn't been through every experience yet. She's learning as she goes, and she just stays in the moment. She doesn't seem to tail off in the way that you talk about getting to the top of the mountain, and then, oh, my goodness, she's over the edge, and then there's no, there's no coming back. She kept on getting back to the here and now, and when she went off the court after that second set, she came back, and immediately she was back in the room. You know, she was really ready to go. Hard drive wiped, and let's do it. It was it was fantastic to watch, actually. That, and I suppose that's another part of the maturing process. I mean, goodness me, she's she just she has an appetite for the sport generally, and and that's why I think she could end up going on to do such great things in the future as well. But it was on on its own merits that match was just was just a joy to that- watch. That analogy of yours, Matt, is so fantastic because how many, I mean, not just in this tournament, but there just happen to have been quite a few notable examples in this tournament of really tight first sets or second sets and then runaway deciding sets or final sets. You know, Kvitova against Collins in the semi-final um, tie-break first set and then it was 6-love, I think, in, in yeah. the second. You know, 6-love final set, Nadal... Sitsipas, the the Svitolina Osaka match was was similar. Um, I think it was six one in, in the uh, in the deciding set. That that's a, yeah, it's just real nail on the head uh, analogy. Is, and what you really want in this sort of match when it's built the way it is and it lines up, and you just think, surely that's going to be a good match. Surely that's going to be three sets. Surely. They're both going to play well because they can't be playing this well, running in and then not deliver. And then they did. And then they did even more so. You know, it, it really kind of had everything in the match because the, the, the tennis on show was off the scale in terms of quality. I, I, don't think, I don't think I expected when I made my prediction that Kvitova would win in two. I just didn't see how Kvitova could play that well and not win. And she did play well. Yeah, I don't know about you, but my overwhelming emotion at the end of that second set was gratitude to Petra Kvitova for extending it into into a final set. It's all very well losses, neutrals, just wanting as much of the match as possible. 
but I really, really did. I, yeah. I, I felt I felt like she'd done us all a personal favour. Um, <laughs> Don't even know if Sarka was thinking that. Yeah, but. no, she wasn't, but... <laughs> No, but it makes wasn't. it all the sweeter, doesn't it? I, I would. I don't know. I mean, it's quite funny whenever you ask Roger Federer, "Would you like to win in a classic that everybody remembers, or would you like to win in three straight sets, you know, easily?" And he's, he always says, well, "I'd like to win easily." Well, Thanks. it's funny That's that right. I mean, we'll come on to this later when we preview the men's final. But I've got a feeling that Djokovic wants another five-hour fifty-three. I, yeah. I've got a feeling that he would rather win like that. That 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 final against Nadal in twenty twelve here was so defining. Mm. And we're so the making of him in many ways that he wants a taste of it again. But this is the thing with Osaka and her win, and I think that this is what typically happens with these kind of things. You know, you if somebody offered you the easy route, you'd take the easy route. But yeah, it means more, doesn't it? When you've when you've had to go that route, that circuitous route and uphill ups and downs and you still come out on top I mean what an achievement that is from Osaka and she can do it all because we saw at the US Open the way she blitzed through the draw winning in straight sets every single match apart from the Sabalenka match and obviously the final there was sort of such a thing to come through not in terms of the tennis just dealing with the moment whereas here what she's done is she I mean she was a set and 4-1 down to say she way in the fourth round uh, third round and no fourth, fourth round I think I think it was the third and then was S- Sevastova was the oh, fourth yeah. and then, yeah. then Svitolina she comes ten past midnight folks that's when Naomi Osaka's coming into her press conference I reckon she gets out of there at 3am <laughs> and I mean, everyone will be delighted to stay that long and listen I, to I'm it. not joking because I mean how many interviews is she going to end up doing she, she, you're right though you know the point you make about Federer and players just wanting to win easily she she might again she might not be in this position had she won easily against Sevastova or Su Weishay I, I believe I really think she's a better player than she was a week ago mm, yeah, and two weeks ago and I three weeks that. ago I think the Shea match, the Sevastova match, and the Serenko match in Brisbane have been defining for her. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> usually, usually, I think with most players, especially when they're not fully formed, like she's not, she's not the finished article yet. She's actually going to get better. Yeah, watch mm. out, folks. Which is which is an incredible thought, but most players, there's a type of player, isn't there, that is going to be the one that messes them up. And, you know, whether it's Marad Safin and Fabrice Santoro, uh, whoever it is, usually there's, there's, a, there's a player, isn't there? I can't really think of anybody who's gonna, who at the moment can make Naomi Osaka think, oh, no, you know. Well, I think, I think she's played them in this tournament. I really do think it was Sue Shea and Sevastova. And the fact that she found a way through those matches, because they're, they're players who don't feed her the power necessarily and they give her different looks and they just slightly mess her up and for her to have come through them and then she got into the power players and okay she had you know there were difficult matches against Piskova and today against Kvitova but she was kind of in, in charge of them as well you know she she won the first set in both and she just feels more comfortable against the power players and there aren't a lot of Seishuei and Severstovers on tour so mm. there Actually, really aren't many Monica Nicolescu 
the David no. Law of the WTA. Well, I'll tell you. That is what they call her. She'd have to get used to playing me. Um, the, the match, I, I read something by Courtney Nguyen, um, I think a couple of days ago, that she'd asked both these two when the last time they played somebody with a match not on their mm. racket and they both said Sabalenka yeah. at the US Open because they both played Sabalenka mm. and Osaka managed to find a way to win that um, which, which is interesting and I don't think it's particularly surprising to us is it because of the game that uh, Sabalenka has got but the, the, the future for Osaka is just going to be so interesting to watch on so many levels because of her potential and her personality because she, the 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 interest levels she provokes, the way she, the effect she has on people is is immense, isn't it? Well, another thing that that Courtney asked Asaka after her semi final victory that was that really stuck with me was she quoted herself, she quoted Naomi back to her and said, I think it was a year or so ago. She was seventy two in the world here a year ago. Seventy two. She was all potential. Um, around about a year ago certainly before she'd won Indian Miles or the US Open or anything she said um, that if I'm good enough I don't need the experience I can win without experience if I'm good enough Um, and Courtney asked her do you think you're winning here you're getting to the final is about just being good enough or do you think now it's starting to be about experience and she went oh good question (laughs) (laughs) I love the way she considers a question yeah and she says, for me, at the start of every single yeah, answer. Yeah, for me. Um, <laughs> good. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, actually, I do have a bit of experience now. And she was like, oh. This, and it was kind of like her moment of, wow, I'm, I'm really good. And now I have the experience un- under my belt. Like, wow, I've got it all. Wow. <laughs> um, and I mean, for me... Oh god, I'm. I'm oh, You're doing it now. Wow. <laughs> I, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Naomi Osaka. Charlie Eccleshare says so she has that <laughs> intonation of voice like uh, Alison, I think it is. Alison Hannigan, who plays the part of, I can't <gasps> remember what her name is, in Willow, American in Pie. In American Pie movies. Oh, mm. well, I'm showing my age because I think of her as Willow in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know who that is, but okay. Oh. I believe Do you. Do you, Matt? No. Do you know? Have you ever I'm heard straddling of the generation? I've heard, I've heard, heard of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was filmed when he before he was born. But anyway, I, uh, I really think it stands the test of time. Okay. Although when I, I say I don't subscribe to that, I don't know. It's just because it was before I was born. Because I was because very disappointed with Amanda Anisimova in this tournament, who whose tennis I absolutely love, and she is from Freehold, New Jersey, home of Bruce Springsteen, and she said. Bruce who? <laughs> she hadn't heard of Bruce Springsteen. Like, his his picture is probably up, like, in every... If Bruce I've, Springsteen's from your small town... I have never been more disappointed. In a 16-year-old. Or anybody, for that matter. Um, anyway. So, <laughs> where were we? We digress. But Naomi any, I mean... I, well, I, can't, I can't remember what I was saying. But, yeah, but, I mean, now... I mean, she was brilliant before without the experience like what what is going to the, stop her now well, I'm not saying you know I'm not going to fall into the Alice trap of saying well I can't see how she's ever going to lose tennis matches um, <laughs> but for me something has changed in tennis tonight um, because I think 
I, I think there has been this sort of baseline default feeling in in women's tennis that lots of people can be very very good on their day etc etc people might be able to beat Serena but if and when Serena returns to her best and full fitness Serena is still the best player in the world I'm not sure that's the case anymore I, I think Serena can be can be better than she was against again you know in this tournament and against Pliskova um, but I still I think Osaka would would beat current best Serena I do um, I, th- I think Osaka is the new baseline and benchmark in tennis and that's a real that's a real shift I think the most uncomfortable she looked was when she was giving her speech in the whole night uh, Naomi Osaka I mean it was still endearing she's still lovely but it was noticeable that when she wasn't asked questions and she's got to give this sort of set piece speech um, and she said I'd looked at my my notes beforehand but now I've forgotten it all um, I mean that is amazing that she admitted to having notes <laughs> yeah. isn't it because some people could do that you know and it, it could easily have got the reaction of you know Federer having the um Having the eight embroidered, having the embroidered eight already on his cardigan. Caroline Wozniacki asking for a Vogue cover. Yeah, (laughs) it. But you know, it. (laughs) It just wasn't like that, was it? It was just adorable. She genuinely just doesn't believe in her power. Yeah, you just know where she's coming from. Really, as a human being. Yeah. Yeah, just to say something on you know something further to back up what Catherine said. I genuinely feel like Naomi Osaka is an. Is, is, the, is the era defining player on either either tour, men or women? She, for me, is the is the most significant, most important tennis player to have emerged since Murray and Djokovic in that sort of oh six, seven, eight period on the men's tour. Because why? Well, because of the impact she's already having, the fact that she's backed up a, a Grand Slam by winning the next one she's played she's won 14 Grand Slam matches in a row now that you know do, that feat of backing up your first slam by winning the next one has never happened in the open era on the men's side and hasn't happened since Jennifer Capriati in 2001 on the women's side Serena didn't do it you know it's hard to to overstate that achievement I think you know it just doesn't really happen it's it's Immense, and also the way she plays, the way she is, how popular she is. She, you know, the 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 tennis world is hers to, you know, hers to take over, really. And none of it seems to affect her. No, no. It'll be, it will be interesting to see whether it does in the future. Given, I mean, her. I, I noted and I remarked upon her social media following after the U.S. Open. The way it just took off and the, the the engagement every she only has to post hello on it and the place just goes bananas um and that's just going to multiply she doesn't seem bothered in the slightest really she so far at least and i hope that stays the same because it would be great to get somebody who just keeps on winning or keeps on being part of the 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 top of the game for years and years to come who doesn't hate the uh, the elements that can come with it but look at what she said in the 
the speech tonight, her whole speech, I don't think she mentioned winning the title or the trophy once. It was all about being proud. the match and the honour of being part of that match that and playing a, with Kvitova for the first time. Wasn't that and I nice? know they all, it's, you know, it's, it's a... It's a box check thing with those ticks, with with, with those uh, speeches. You 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 congratulate your opponent. You can, now one of the tick the boxes is you congratulate their team. You pay tribute to them, etc. etc. But uh, but that's not what she was doing. She 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 barely acknowledged that she'd won the title. It was yeah. all about the honour of participating in in that match. And she said, "I'm sorry, Petra, that our first ever match had to be." A Grand Slam final, I'd like as if to say, I, I, I didn't want to deny you this, this Grand Slam title. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was all. When she turned to, to yeah. Kvitova and said that to her, as opposed to kind of the way they sometimes do, they say it generically and you know ignore their opponent. Really, that was lovely, and um, and I thought, wow, what a moment! And Kvitova. The outpouring of, of emotion and just just warmth towards her as well. I think one of the papers called this the feel-good final, and, and that yeah. was such a good way of putting it, wasn't it? Yeah, Simon Briggs confirmed had something in his eye. He did, didn't he? Yeah, we <laughs> saw Simon um, a short while ago, and, uh, I mean, he, he's he been bowled over by this story uh, and, and contrasting the two ceremonies that we've just seen as the biggest departure from one to another that you could possibly get from the US Open final to this and he's absolutely right Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. 
That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. The men's final is coming and it will take some living up to, won't it, in terms of the, the, the final we've just seen. But you've got in Novak Djokovic and, and Rafael Nadal, two players who've played each other 52 times before, 27-25 in the favour of Djokovic. Albeit, and we talked about last night, Catherine, after Djokovic's match, the, way, the statement that he'd given in response to Nadal's statement, victory. Um, but then you look at the actual head-to-head between the two and the more recent uh, record that they've got, 12 out of the last 15 won by Djokovic. It's quite a, quite a significant difference, isn't it? Yeah, this is a slightly different Nadal. It is, yeah. My brother describes it as aggressive nutter Nadal, <laughs> which I quite like. He does come out and he does look like he's just been released from a cage. He's ravenous, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it was like when they released those tigers in Gladiator. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, I still give the slight edge to Djokovic. Do you? But, uh, you know... <laughs> I, I interviewed him earlier, and uh, uh, just as I did with Kvitova yesterday, and I'm so so easily convinced by these people. I'm, you, you I'm, a, I'm a sucker. You mentioned the length of the match of the last one, five hours and fifty three minutes. Um, Simon was talking to us earlier about how he, I think it was one of the first slams that he covered, or one of the first years he was he was correspondent, and and there was going into that there was the the Andy Murray and Ivan Lendl relationship had just started there was a four hour epic with Djokovic and Murray and then there was this um, and yeah I mean it, it felt like a massively significant match at the time and it, and it ended up being I mean I think it's one of the one of the results that has helped Djokovic towards where he stands now on the heels of these other two greats of the game it, and it, if you can outlast Rafael Nadal over the best of five in a Grand Slam final imagine the badge of honour that that must be for you for your ego for your pride there, there can be no greater achievement in tennis I don't think than being able to do that yeah and I think that's why he wants it he, he wants his ideal scenario is winning in five sets and six hours again. He would obviously um, take winning in three sets and two hours over not winning, but I think he'd be prepared to gamble. If you if you offered him the options now in roulette style, I'd get the impression he'd gamble on a fifth set. I mean, Roger Federer always says, I would rather win in three nice easy sets, if that's all right, you know. Um, but the actual memories are more special when they win it in the distance I think a lot of the time but I also think there's probably in there just an acceptance from Djokovic I think he's probably using the interviews in a way just to remind everybody that I mean the chances of him winning in straight sets are pretty remote or either of them because they are both such greats of the game they're both so similar in many ways in terms of their their ability to, to just duke it out from a baseline and they're both I would say pretty much at the peak of their powers so how could that be straight sets? Well, I mean, and we thought the same today, and it, it's borne out as it. I mean, it's just hard to see a scenario where it's straight sets. And I, and I know it's a cliche that, you know, the best players want to test themselves against the best, but I got that impression from Nadal, uh, from, from Djokovic today. I might have got the same impression from Nadal, but he did his interview in Spanish, and my Spanish isn't quite up to that. Um, Should have sent Grad Matin. But... Uh, but yeah, I really got the impression that he wants to leave Melbourne, Djokovic, feeling like he's the very, you know, his peacock 
feathers um, raised and fluttering and feeling like he is the best tennis player in the world without question. And the best way to do that is to play peak Rafael Nadal and to beat him in a physical contest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they both produced stratospheric levels of tennis, didn't they, in the semi-finals? And if they, if they both bring that, it's really difficult to see how this, you know, how, how can this not be a brilliant match? The one, the one stat I would add to this conversation is Djokovic has won his last 14 sets on hardcore against Nadal. Oh, that's, that's, quite, quite, that's quite a lot, isn't mind-boggling. it? Now, obviously, the the eye test is that Nadal is playing different tennis on a hard court, more aggressive, shortening shortening the rallies. I think his average rally length is under four in this tournament. And you know, we think of Nadal as grinding it out, but he's he's just not doing that. He's he's going for the kill. He's you know, he's, to quote Mary Carrillo, he's got he's got he's got his fangs on, hasn't he? And he's he's just ripping forehands and. He's upped his upped his speed on his serve. Um, so the big question is: Will this new Nadal have more of an impact against Djokovic on a hard court? Because Djokovic on a hard court has shown, certainly in recent times, that his game can just disrupt Nadal. The last set that Nadal won on a hard court, from what I can see, was at the U.S. Open final in 2013. Six-one. Mm. Um, six years ago yeah it's been an absolute age and I, I actually compare the tennis Nadal's playing now to more like the tennis he was playing at the US Open in 2010 where he was more aggressive um, and he actually beat Djokovic in the final there but that was that was before Djokovic had gone into the, the mode that he eventually went into in 2011 when he started winning everything um, so I am backing Djokovic but I'm very very interested to see how this new Nadal hardcore game copes and if it if it doesn't cope if he doesn't win the match you know what are his other options against Djokovic yeah well I I, know, I would go back to the Wimbledon final that we saw most recently 10-8 in the fifth I can't really imagine Nadal playing better than that and I mean it could have gone either way but he didn't win Roof though Roof help yeah. Djokovic yeah yeah Mm, interesting. Well, I'm going to go Djokovic in five. I'm going to go Djokovic in five. And and when he when he walked out of the interview room and he was de-rigging himself in the microphone, I said, I said, oh, I'll see you at 2 a.m. tomorrow morning then. He went, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going for? Uh, Djokovic in four. Djokovic at four. So for, for a match that's on a knife edge, we're all, <laughs> we're all pretty much know, but, in certain agreement you, about what's going to happen. It would be so. It'd be such a small shift for it to go the other way. Can I, I leave mm. you with the uh, the words of Ivan Lendl about what's going to happen in what I can only term as the worst interview of all time that I did this morning? Whoever wins the last point. Thanks, Ivan. <laughs> will win. <laughs> Very helpful. And I pressed him on it. He said, are you seriously asking me on, on the TV who, who, what, what will happen? I said, yeah. It's a TV interview, Ivan. <laughs> that is precisely what I'm paid to do. It is. So, right. Well, we know what we think. Um, Clara Torson has won the, uh, the women's juniors or the girls' juniors uh, tournament. Uh, well done, her, from Denmark. 
And your young man, who you've been following and blogged about yesterday, how am I saying this? Lorenzo? Do it in an accent, David. Lorenzo Mazzetti. Perfect. Yeah, he, he's the one you blogged about. He, he's the one you blogged about. So, um, and you, you, you went and watched his semi-final yesterday. You gave your scouting report in your blog. We were trying to work out how, whether, you, whether it's possible to predict the future. Is this the next whatever, a big name or not? He won today, 14-12 in a third set tiebreak. Yeah, it was a more successful, you know, adventure out to watch someone who I didn't know a huge amount about than it was earlier in the tournament with Kuzmova. Um, <laughs> that seems like a long time. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a what a great match! Uh, I said in the blog that this Mazzetti guy is very watchable and seeing it from a bit more of a distance up on the Rod Laver Arena, which, by the way, I think is really nice that they let them play on the Rod Laver Arena for the final, partly because. The Margaret Court Arena today was being used for Fortnite. It was being used for I don't even know what gaming. For gaming. Mm. And, it, and, it, and some tomorrow. of the is, they re, they put out a press release saying that some of the some of the world's top famous gamers that all have completely ridiculous names <laughs> um, uh, will be featuring. And I I I've never felt so out of touch with the world than when I read that press release. I, I haven't really understood much of the last minute, to be honest. Um, okay, but, but yeah, just to say on this on this match, what a what a great match, particularly as you mentioned with that final set tiebreak to ten. There was a moment where Mazzetti thought he'd won it after he'd hit an he did an ace on a second serve, and then it was challenged, and it was actually just a millimeter out. Um, and then he had to save a match point of his own and he eventually went on to win it 14-12 and there was there was a moment where I thought because in the semi-final that I watched he was very relaxed he was in control whereas today he was really under pressure from his American opponent um, and there was a moment where I thought oh, it, is Mazzetti a little bit too Italian it was <laughs> In the way that Mary found the French too French. Yeah, yeah. what we like we in that. What, what would be yeah. too British? Well, I mean, well, yeah, quite. We, I mean, we, we have the. Yeah, we, have we are all painfully British. Would we be looking up at the weather or something? Are a thing. <laughs> well, we'd be sort of plucky, wouldn't we, and not yeah. not end up delivering. It's yeah. kind of the stereotype. Asking what the weather's doing. But but Mazzetti was sort of cursing the world when things were going against him and. Just, ranting and raving in his box and there's an interesting coaching rule in the juniors where if you're down the same end as your coach you can talk freely with your coach um, so he's doing that a lot and if you're well, down if the other end wrong and down your, can, can you talk with your opponent's coach <laughs> you when get, you're at the wrong you end you can just get hand signals right on um, so that's quite an interesting rule in the juniors and I believe it's a tennis Australia initiative um, so he was you know he was really letting the occasion not exactly get to him but he was kind of ranting and venting a little bit but he he never lost his focus which which was impressive i can name some of the celebrity gamers no you're all right um we'll loser leave. fruit mr fresh asian all one word <laughs> dr lupo all one word <laughs> 11:30 a.m. tomorrow on the Rod Laver Arena. Were they like well, interv- interview, no, opp- interview Arena, opp- oh no, sorry, Margaret Court Arena. Interview opportunities are available. Do they? So, so do they? 
get dressed up as tennis players and have rackets. But 500 then, but of Australia's top Fortnite gamers will compete in qualifying on Saturday. That was today. Yes. But do they bring for that? the chance to play for a share, David, in of $400,000 in prize money right. on Sunday. What were those names again? $400,000. Right. Where can I get this game? No one's, get, no one's giving me I reckon I hundreds can, of thousands you can of play. dollars for being, out there. They have for being nifty at Mario Kart. <laughs> Why is that not getting noticed? No. I don't even, I, they have, for, I, have a, a Fortnite station. Yeah. Do they? In I'm an the, unrecognised talent. Do you think I'd be good at it? Or? You I don't think, know what I, it is. I, I mean, I think possibly anyone could be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask what were those names again? Doctor Lupo. Doctor Lupo. Oh, right. Um, Mr. Fresh Asian. With the <laughs> answers on a postcard. What would David Law's uh, gaming <laughs> name be? Yeah, come on, at Tennis Podcast. Answers on a postcard. I mean, you think we're going to be taken seriously by the Fortnite crew when you're asking for answers on a postcard? Um, at Tennis Podcast, if you'd like to uh, give me my gaming name for Fortnite or whatever that is. Uh, I mean, anyway, let's just end this podcast with that. Uh, it's been the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph, executive produced by TennisBalls.com. Our mascot is Rio the Dog, Rio with a Y. Uh, thank goodness for Rio with a Y and not this Fortnite nonsense. Uh, we're going to be back with the, uh, the men's sing- singles final tennis podcast, the final one we're going to be bringing you from Melbourne in 2019. Grant Matt, who's going to uh, tell us all about this uh, this gaming stuff after this show, because he's young enough to understand it. Catherine Whitaker and myself, David Law. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.